Do you know what really sucks? Is sitting down to edit your project and realizing that you have gaps in your coverage or shots missing? You need to have a really good, specific, and detailed shot list. Head over to filmmakersecrets.com slash shot list, S-H-O-T-L-I-S-T, to get a killer shot list template along with some training where I show you step-by-step exactly how to use it. I was literally sitting in this room going through therapy and I had nowhere else to go. Like everybody else, I was isolated. And so this became the place where I could go. It was like a mental escape. I needed to find something to to laugh about. Filmmakers have the power to evoke emotion, inspire thought, and drive universal change in this world. Right now, a real seismic shift is happening in the film industry. This is your best chance to join a new filmmaking movement. You have been called to create an everlasting impact with your unmatched, deep desire to tell authentic stories. So how does a filmmaker thrive in an environment that is almost intentionally designed to bring you down? That is the question, and this podcast reveals the answer. What's happening, filmmakers? It's George BK. Welcome to Filmmaker Secrets Podcast, episode number 36. I'm so excited to introduce my next guest, Chloe Burns who is a writer, producer, and actor of a a miniseries called Trauma Bonded. We're going to get right into it. But first, Chloe, go ahead and say what's up to our filmmakers and reveal the one filmmaker secret that you've been keeping from us. Sure. Hey, how's it going, everybody? Um, The filmmaker secret that I've been using lately is uh, keeping track of contacts. Um, You know, even if it's just like, friends that I do projects with, uh, student films that I work on, um, you know, keep track of those people. Those are people that are in, you know, the same career field and you never know where you're going to end up, uh, when you're going to need someone. And, um, I'm finding that I know a lot more people than I think I do. So it also kind of helps with the mentality piece as well. Not feeling so alone. That's a a great point. Have you had an instance like this happen recently where you kind of were looking over your contacts and you came across somebody that you ended up working with? Yeah, that happens to me all the time. I, um, the team that I put together, uh, actually for trauma bonded all came out of different contacts that I had kind of gathered over the past couple months and years. Um, a lot of them were either referrals, people I'd worked with in the past could kind of speak, um, to their credit or, um, you know, other people that they knew, you know, your network also has a network. And so, you know, you put the word out, I'm looking for a director. And I ended up connecting with someone really great who really understands the project. Um, So I'm really excited about that. That's amazing. It's a great learning lesson for sure. Um, So Chloe, take me back to the moment where you realized that you truly wanted to become a filmmaker, a storyteller. You kind of had this uh, inkling to tell stories to a particular kind of audience. Take me back to that moment, what was happening around you. Tell me that story. Yeah, for me, it was probably less of a specific moment and more of a series of moments. But for me, it's, it's really the hands on nature of filmmaking. Um, I started out mostly in editing because that's what I had. I had a digital camera and I would set it up and I'd play a YouTube video because I didn't know how to actually download files from the internet. And so I would record it from the screen, upload it from my digital camera, put it in, you know, whatever stock. Uh, video editing software the computer had, and I would just cut things to music. 
Um, and then I started getting a little bit more confident, finding friends, making them go down camera. Um, tr- I tried my hand at some stop motion with, you know, old childhood toys and things like that. And, um, really just getting to see a product all the way through that process, getting to do that over and over and over again, um, was just, it was a really cool exercise in, you know, you can have an idea and take a bunch of steps and put some time into it. And then all of a sudden you have this, this whole world, this whole thing that you've created. Um, and so that was really, you know, end of elementary school, beginning of middle school, and then into high school. And since then, um, I've always liked editing, but just in general, growing those different filmmaker skills. Um, that's the thing that really got me interested was just the all around nature of, of doing a project. Just the whole process. It's fascinating because it's such a collaborative art form, right? You know, my first film was uh, about uh, how to make uh, it was basically just a series of shots of me making apple juice <laughs> from scratch, cutting the apple, putting it in the juicer, pouring it. And then I put a straw in at the end and you see my face for the first time where I'm enjoying it. Um, uh, so That's we awesome. all start somewhere <laughs> <laughs> yeah. to say the least. So uh, awesome. Let's uh, jump into uh, the present. We've talked about the past. I'd love to hear about trauma bonded. What's the give us sort of the log line and uh, the inspiration for, for this particular project? Sure. So um, the, the show Trauma Bonded is essentially about uh, facing past traumas. Um, and so the way that the show plays out, uh, you've got this like love triangle assassin storyline. You've got uh, Casey, who is a sleeper agent, and you've got Kate, her alter ego, who is the assassin. Um, each of them have romantic partners. All of them end up getting together, having to flee to a safe house, um, to escape other assassins who are coming to kill them. Um, but so the undertone of the show is essentially how trauma really sticks around and affects you even in the present, sometimes without realizing it. Um, and how I think for most people dealing with trauma, it takes kind of something huge like that to kind of force you to face it. And so that's really uh, the story underneath the plot of Trauma Bond. It is just about what does it take to get you to face um, those really painful memories in your past? And then, uh, you know, what happens when you do? That's awesome. It's, it's almost like you're being a little sneaky with your message, kind of having this uh, surface level of comedic, right? It, there are comedic moments within it. Um, what was that choice to uh, make, make it more of a comedic style, but, but having the message be something that's, you know, typically a a heavier uh, subject. Why did you choose to do that? So I chose to do that mostly because I needed to enjoy the process of it. And I was already going through trauma therapy. And so I was doing all of the really heavy lifting kind of in my own personal life. And so in my writing, I didn't want to turn around and do the same really, you know, I was kind of tapped out <laughs> emotionally there. Right. Um, and so for me, if I hadn't made it fun and comedic and kind of this adventure, um, I, I wouldn't have seen it through. So it really became kind of an escape for me. And especially, you know, this all happened last year uh, through COVID. And so for me, I was literally sitting in this room going through therapy and I had nowhere else to go. Like everybody else, I was isolated. And so this became the place where I could go. It was like a mental escape. Um, and so that, that's what it was. I just, I needed to find 
something to to laugh about. Um, and that's very much how I process trauma anyway. So um, I think it would have been like, this was the most authentic way for me to do it was through humor. I appreciate your vulnerability, Chloe. And, and I, I think it's, it's awesome that you take such a, a lighthearted look at it because it's all about perspective, right? People say, uh, you know, 90% of life is how you actually react to it. The other 10% is just what the actual thing that happened was and how you react to it is, is really what matters. I'm always curious to hear from other filmmakers. What, what is it about filmmakers and storytellers and screenwriters that makes them so introspective about life and life events and kind of, you know, what, what makes filmmakers so absolutely unapologetically gung ho about our craft and, and this passion that we have for filmmaking? Yeah, I think, you know, my answer to that is that um, this is the project that I have had the most personal investment in. And because of that, I think it's the most solid piece of writing that I have produced. Um, and so for me, I think that connection is that this was um, the way that I could process it for myself. Like it's very personal. It's the, it's the way that I could make sense of all of the issues that I was going through in therapy. And one of the specific things that influenced the characters of Casey and Kate was this idea of who are you prior to the trauma and then who are you after it happened? And can those people ever come back together because that was really how it felt. You know, I um, have always been a, a more lighthearted, funny person. I say funny. I don't actually, I don't get to decide <laughs> that, but I try, you know. Um, but then going through these traumas, it really made me second guess like, well, now I have all these feelings coming up that I've never experienced before. And um, I don't know how to deal with that and still be who I was before. And so writing this series for me was a way of like, interrogating that question. Um, but so it was very personal and it was very, um, like, I think that's, that's the creative process. And what's great about film is that I get to see this through kind of multiple stages. So that was the writing process, but then I'm going to go into production and work with the director on things like, how can we explore that relationship further with the camera? How can we, um, change the way that the world looks depending on which character is experiencing it? Um, and then at the end, I'll be the one acting in the project as well. So I get to see it all the way through and kind of live in the world that I created. And that's just like the best gift at the end of the whole thing, I think. It's the the ultimate takeaway, I think. And you mentioned something about one character almost being two with that transformation. You know, I talk about the journeys that any kind of lead character at least goes through, which is um, the first one that journey of achievement, right? There's some sort of desire that the character has, and they're trying to achieve that thing. But then there's the journey of transformation, which is what you talked about. And I, I commend you for, for touching on that, because you're sort of taking the words out of my mouth where the even if that character doesn't necessarily achieve that thing that they desired, they still go through some sort of change. And that's what gives the audience that takeaway. That's what solidifies the message that you're trying to communicate to the audience. What do you think? <clears throat> does that kind of go through your mind? I'm curious about your, your writing style. And as you go through all the different uh, elements and processes of production, where you've written the script, you go into production and then into post-production, how does that, um, th does that, is that something that you think about thoroughly? 
Definitely. Yeah. When I, when I sat down to write the scripts, cause this will be my third project that I've produced since film school. So I went through film school, did two projects of my own. Uh, in the beginning, I was, I think, a lot more um, ambitious with my creativity, right? So I was writing scenes with lots of action and motorcycles and characters and sets and cars. And now that I've done these different projects for this one, I was like, it is four characters. They are in one room. It is one <laughs> location. There are no exterior shots. Like I really, really cut it down um, because I have been through it before. I've been through production. So I know how much each individual thing tacks on. Um, and that was really cool actually, cause it really challenged me to focus so much more on the story itself, on the characters themselves. Like if you have no distractions of this outside world, what do you have that's forcing people to pay attention? Um, and so I think that really was like an exercise in, um, getting much better with my writing, much more intentional with my writing, making sure everything is there for a reason. Um, and then, yeah, I'm, when I'm thinking through now going through the scripts, I'm absolutely thinking through, you know, even though I'm not the one directing, I'm thinking through what would be a question for the director. You know, when, when we talk about handheld versus, you know, static shots, when are those coming up? Um, I know that we've talked about doing some long takes for the more intimate scenes. And, um, that's where it's really cool because when you're, when you're that intentional with your message, those questions kind of come a little bit easier. And I think you find the answers mm. for them a little bit easier. Um, and they're really exciting to ask because it's like you've made a decision and now you can keep pulling at that thread and like, how can I really make it? Um, how can each element of filmmaking contribute to telling the story? So with the audio, the camera, the lighting, everything, um, how do we get the most like, bang for your buck, basically, to get all of those things working together to tell the same story. It's just such a cool, like, all around creative process. That's an interesting way to go about it. You're almost trying to ask the question ahead of time, even if you're in that role that would be answering that question. So it's almost like, you know, you, you literally have to take the hat off of the screenwriter, put the hat on of, the, of a director or an editor or the, the DP, um, whatever role it is that you're, you know, filling. Um, especially with an independent production, you do have to wear a lot of hats. So uh, for our filmmakers out there, it's a great tip to be able to switch those, um, uh, you know, mindsets because as you're a writer, you have a certain mindset. And then when you switch into a directorial role, you kind of have to switch the mindset and having that connection of the question, the potential question that you can ask is really interesting. Um, so that's awesome. Uh, okay, so let's. Um, I'd love to hear what was uh, one of the biggest challenges in. You have a campaign right now on Seed Spark for Trauma Bonded. Um, we'll definitely make sure to include the link in the show notes. So filmmakers, please go ahead and support independent filmmakers. It's so important to support our peers. Filmmaking is such a difficult endeavor, and anyone that you know has the guts to go out and actually raise funds and, and do the thing that filmmakers often tend to not do because we focus on the art, but the business aspect kind of falls short. Um, what, what's been some of the biggest challenges for you in getting this launched, started, you know, kind of settling in your mind? Yeah. Um, the biggest challenge for me so far, I mean, there's all of the actual physical challenges with crowdfunding. I, this is my first campaign 
that I've done, all my previous projects have been out of pocket. Uh, and this one, I felt like, honestly, I owed it more than that. Um, but I just, I don't have $14,000. And so, uh, that's where crowdfunding kind of came into it. And I wanted to connect with the future audience for it as well. I wanted to go ahead and find the people who wanted to watch it when it was finished. Um, and so there's a lot of challenges within that, but I think the biggest thing that has impacted those challenges has really been mindset. Um, it's a really difficult shift to make when you especially are an artist um, and you are trying to, you know, you're, it's uncomfortable to ask for money, especially for something that doesn't exist yet. You know, you're kind of doing it backwards. You're asking not for money in exchange for a product, but the promise of a product. And so mm. that it feels like a big ask. Um, it can feel very invasive to ask that of people. Um, and that's where I really have to give credit to Seed and Spark. Uh, part of the reason I chose that platform is because it is specific to filmmakers. And they really helped me understand that what you are doing is essentially allowing people the opportunity to join your process. And a lot of our biggest supporters are people who have nothing to do with the film industry. And so for them, it's a really exciting opportunity to see how production works. You know, how, when, when you watch a film and see the whole list of credits at the end, who are those people? What are they doing? You know, how does it all come together? Um, and just re like shifting my mindset on the value of this production. Um, and then, you know, on top of all of that, supporting independent filmmakers, of course, um, you know, this is a project about female trauma. Um, and so I am a survivor myself. Other people on our team are survivors. Um, you know, that's a really important group of people to support in filmmaking and in telling our own stories, having our own voices. Um, and so shifting the thinking from this place of kind of desperation asking over to how is this contributing value? Um, that, that's been a really hard thing to kind of like refocus. And especially, you know, I'm having to do that as I'm doing it actively. I can't like really prep myself and then go. It's like you're doing it all at once. Um, mm. but already, you know, we're in the second week of our campaign. Um, maybe third by the time this comes out, but, um, I've already like, it's been a massive shift for me that I think will just be super valuable for the rest of my career. That's amazing. I'm getting goosebumps as you're speaking because it gets me inspired to, to start my own campaign. And the, the speaking of value, you mentioned that word, uh, you know, I'm a big proponent of, of hashtag female filmmaker in, in a sense to put it, uh, you know, kind of surface level. I think there aren't enough female filmmakers in the industry. And quite frankly, um, I don't know the reason, and perhaps I do, but I, I don't know the real reason. And I, I'm always a big fan of whenever I see, you know, female fil filmmakers kind of stepping up to the um, to the base and, and, and really going full, just all in into this art form, because it is very male dominated. Um, so speaking of value, I'd love to hear what is the takeaway that you want your audience to have after you complete the project, after they watch it, what, you know, um, people, I always say people will likely forget your name. They might even forget the title of your film or your lead character, but they will never forget how you made them feel. What do you hope your audience comes away from trauma bonded watching that series? Uh, what do you hope that they feel after? Yeah. Um, 
So uh, to start with, um, I will uh, mention a documentary on Netflix called This Changes Everything. Um, it's a great yes. documentary about the gendered uh, aspects of the film industry um, and kind of gets in the complexities of that. So that's a really great resource for anyone listening who wants to learn more about that question that you just asked. It's a great question. Um, and that's yeah. a really great documentary about it. Um, but yeah, I think the thing that I want people to take from this project, it's kind of two categories. Um, there are the people who have been through something specifically related to what I have been through and what um, caused the trauma that later was put into this project. Um, what I hope they take from it is that it helps give them a language to talk about their experience. Because I think what is lacking right now and what media is so powerful for and so good for is giving people a shared language to talk about things. And so, um, you know, it's a little bit difficult when you don't have a, a well-known character or a storyline or a situation that you can kind of point to and say, like, that's what it's like. Um, that doesn't really exist for people who have been through certain kinds of violence and assault. Um, and so I hope that it can serve as that for someone. Um, but then the flip side of that, the people who watch it who are not survivors do not have that connection. I hope that it broadens their understanding of what a survivor is and what, what that journey is like. Um, it's a very diverse category of people, but on film, it's kind of one, it's always been a little bit one note. Um, and so I hope it helps broaden that perspective, but anyone who has been through, you know, a trauma, grief, one of those things, I also hope that it gives them a little bit more permission to accept the way that that either changed them or didn't, the way that it made them feel, the way they wish they felt, um, all of those things. It's like really hard to grapple with, uh, with those questions of like, who was I before? Who am I now? How does it all work? Um, I hope that it kind of takes away judgment and allows people a little bit more space to just accept how they feel, whether they like it or not. Um, just accept that this is how it is. And then ultimately that you, you can still make the decision to face it. You can still make the decision to work to heal it. Um, and healing is possible. There is another reality on the other side of that, um, which is very hard to see <laughs> when you're in the midst of it. Um, and so those are, those are kind of the, the broad strokes of hopefully, um, that's what it gave to me in writing it. So I hope that that can be mirrored in the experience of watching it. Well, since you've said it here on Filmmaker Secrets podcast, it's going to come true. And I hope that everybody listening checks it out, uh, uh, you know, heads over to Seed and Spark with the link in the show notes and continues to follow you, Chloe. Um, it almost, you know, I still find it so fascinating, interesting that there's this blanket of comedy over trauma bonded that I'm really excited to, you know, to, to see and, and to feel because it brings a certain kind of awareness. Whenever people laugh, it, it kind of has this um, innate sort of uh, reaction to, oh, should I be laughing at this? Oh, well, you know, the filmmaker probably does want me to because it, it brings up a certain emotion and it leaves a, a certain kind of almost like an aftertaste that, that you don't easily forget about how that, particular joke or that scenario made you feel and it, it kind of lasts uh in an evergreen way even after you know months and months after you watch the actual uh series so that's amazing i have two final questions for you chloe 
Um, number one, where can our filmmakers go to find out more about you? So the two places to go, uh, one will be my Instagram. That's the social media that I like the best. Uh, that'll be it's Chloe Burns. Um, and then the other one will be the Seed and Spark page. Uh, the way Seed and Spark works, even after crowdfunding closes, which is on October 23rd, um, even after that, the Seed and Spark page will stay active all the way through production. So all the updates we send out, everything, uh, you will receive all of those. You will receive the final project uh, when it is done and ready to be viewed. Um, so that'll be the other place that is at seedandspark.com slash fund slash trauma dash bonded. And that will probably be written down, but I've memorized it after typing it 140,000 times. So... It helps. It helps to be able to <laughs> recite it. But filmmakers, please do make sure to check out the show notes for all the links. Uh, a final question for you, Chloe. If you could only watch one film for the rest of your life, your deserted island movie, what would it be? I mean, it's going to probably disappoint the filmmakers out there because, you know, it's not Pulp Fiction. It's not Clockwork Orange. <laughs> uh, but the film that I always keep with me that I watch when I just need something to watch is a 2002 classic blue crush girl power surfer movie, um, especially deserted Island. You know, it's like girls in Hawaii surfing these huge waves. And um, I always loved how he, uh, that director really painted a, a picture of the culture and the scene. And um, it was kind of the first time I'd seen like real improvisation, make it on camera in a really authentic way. Um, so, you know, like I said, it, it, it is what it is. It's a great film. I, I'm it's not going to apologize. It's better it. to be different. Don't apologize. It's better to be different. <laughs> Nobody wants typical answer. We, we get plenty of those. Um, amazing. Chloe, thank you so much for your time on Filmmaker Secrets podcast. Uh, when your Seed and Spark project does get funded, feel free to reach out to me. Uh, I'd love to get you back on the show, maybe in the midst of production or after production, just kind of get an update on the project. Um, I think that would be amazing. So thank you so much for, for being here with me. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm excited to talk to you again when the project does get funded, speaking it into Positivity. existence. So. That's right. <laughs> thanks. All right, thanks. If you like that, then you are going to love my Cine Racing Challenge. This is a seven-day filmmaking competition where your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to write, shoot, and edit a short 60-second film in just seven days for your one chance to win with over $10,000 in prizes. So head over to CineRacing.com. That's C-I-N-E-R-A-C-I-N-G.com to get registered spots are filling up fast and the timer is ticking before the next Cine Racing Challenge launches so be sure to head over to CineRacing.com right now to get registered. I'll see you over there. <laughs>